Hey, you're about to hear a great word from our teaching team. At Freedom House, we're about equipping you to experience Christ's freedom every day. We would love to connect with you. We stream our live services Sundays at 10.30 and 12.15 Eastern Standard Time. You can join us at freedomhouse.cc live. I hope you enjoyed this message. Hey, Freedom House, you look wonderful. Look at your neighbor say, you look wonderful today. You look wonderful, you look wonderful. And we also wanna welcome all of our live streamers from all over the world. Church, can we give them a big welcome here at Freedom House? So glad you decided to join with us. And uh, if you're ever in Charlotte, make sure you come to one of our three locations. If you don't know who I am, my name is Troy Maxwell. My wife and I are the senior pastors here at Freedom House, and we are in a brand new series called Hell Week, Hell Week. How many of y'all might, right, right now, been going through a little hell? Come on, hell in your family, hell on your job, hell on 77, come on, somebody. When are they ever gonna finish that? In Jesus' name. We just need to have a prayer service for that. If you don't know what we're talking about online, it's a highway that's always backed up. Um, I, we, this is a great series because what we're doing is we're talking about how to make it through those tough times in life. And oftentimes, those times that we go through hell uh, form us. They work on our character. They help us become who we are. The Bible calls hell or what we go through as hell as a storm. You might have seen it all through the scriptures. Uh, the Bible tell, calls them storms. Jonah, in the middle of his way to Nineveh, he was supposed to be going to Nineveh, was going in the opposite direction. God got his attention with a storm. Sometimes that's how God gets our attention. I remember when I was about 15 or 16 years old, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, and uh, my friend Lee had a canoe and we decided to go fishing on the James River. Been fishing many, many times on the James River. You can catch some serious smallmouth bass on the James River. So we went fishing, and we're sitting there fishing. I mean, and we weren't just fishing, we were catching. How many of y'all like catching way better than fishing? I like that way better than fishing. I like to actually do something. So man, we're just hand over fist, man, bringing them in. And we weren't really paying attention what was coming behind us. We were kind of focusing upriver. All of a sudden, Lee turns around and goes, Troy, get in the boat. A huge storm was coming up the river. Now, if you know anything about rivers, lakes, storms travel really fast across the water, or it seems that way. So we jump in the canoe, and we're trying to row upstream to get away from the storm. Don't make it. We end up having to pull off the side of the road side of the road, side of the river, and, and, and we just have to wait out the storm. I mean, it's horrible. I mean, it's raining, and it's the middle of the summertime, and how many know when, when it rains, cold rain, like freezing, why is it raining cold rain in the middle of July? Freezing cold, lightning, thunder. I'm sitting under a tree just kind of shaking, you know, afraid I'm going to die. I'm never going to make it. You know, my whole life is flashing in front of me. I'm 15, so it lasts about maybe two seconds and just terrible. Today, I want to talk about how to stand through your storm, how to stand through your storm. Now, Jesus oftentimes, in order to teach us a principle, he would use a parable. A parable is the Greek word parabola, and it means basically to come alongside. And he gives us a story that everybody would understand in Matthew chapter 7. Now, before I get into this, uh, let me just make it clear. This is at the end of a message that Jesus has preached, his greatest message of all time, the Sermon on the Mount. 
Look at verse 24. It says, therefore. Everybody say, therefore. Now, whenever you see a therefore, you always check what it is. Therefore, you always want to make sure what, what is he doing. So let me just give you a rundown of what's happening. He is showing um, kind of this, this metaphor between two. And this is the third couplet that he's using. The first two are between a broad road or a wide road and a narrow road. And then he uses a couplet or a comparison between two, a tree that bears good fruit and a tree that bears bad fruit. And now he's gonna tell us a story, a real short story about a wise man and a foolish man, a wise person and a foolish person. So therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, Jesus is talking, and does them, I will liken him to a, say it with me, wise man who built his house on the, what does it say? Rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the, say it with me, rock. Look at verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them, does not do them, will be like a, say it with me, foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew. In other words, a storm came and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Great was its fall. This is a story of two people, two specific people. Now, if you were to meet these two people, there's a couple things that you would understand about them. One was wise, one was foolish. They both built a house. They both went to Home Depot, had a coupon. 15% off if you buy a house today, build a house. And we got the lumber, everything pretty much the same. They both decided to build a house. They both picked the same area. They both picked the same basic region in which to build their house. They, they both experienced a storm. The house is our life, it's our family, it's our business, it's our career. Now, if you were to walk by these houses, you wouldn't be able to tell any difference between the two. You walk by the first house, oh, that's a beautiful house, I wouldn't mind buying that house. Look at the curb appeal, look at that nice door, look at the framework, oh, look at that. It's a cedar shake house, isn't that great? Look at the paint job on that bad boy. Go to the next one, looked exactly the same. You couldn't really tell any difference. It was very, both, both of them well built. But in order to understand the comparison here, we gotta go a little deeper. One was built on, or another one, the wise man built on the rock. What is Jesus talking about? He's talking on, about something that is stable. That is strong, that is sound, that is firm, that is secure, that is fixed, that is safe. In other words, he's talking about truth, truth. Comparing the, the foolish man who built his house on the sand. Sand is shifty, it's movable, it's evasive, it's ambiguous, it's vague, it's trendy. On the outside, both families looked exactly the same. Both businesses looked exactly the same. However, when the storm comes is when you can see the difference in the two houses. It's only until the storm comes. You can only see a difference when the rain and the wind and the floods come against the family, against 
the business, against the house, against our life, against our marriage. Now, in order to understand how to stand through a storm, we gotta understand where storms come from. And there's basically three types of storms that I believe. I believe there are three types of storms or three causes of storms. The first, if you wanna write this down, is storms are caused by the enemy. We have a real enemy out there. His name is Satan, the devil, and he wants to attack you. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, stay alert, look at your neighbor, say, wake up. I'm gonna look at your other neighbor, say, leave me alone, I'm not sleeping. Wake up, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Notice what he does. He prowls around like a roaring lion. What is he doing? Looking for someone to devour. He's looking. He's not, now, let me just tell you what he's not looking for. He's not looking for casual Christians. Hello. Welcome to Freedom House. See, you know that you are facing a storm from the enemy because you have decided to make a difference. When you decide to make a difference is when you will experience storms from an enemy. The enemy always looks like resistance to something that you're accomplished. Now, if you're just coming to church to check off your box, you're not going to ever experience this storm. Oh, everything's going right with me. Everything's going good. I love church. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love church. Look at Clint up there. Oh, he's cute. Look at him in his tight jeans. Look at that beard. Ooh, is the pastor trying to grow one like him? Ooh, look at him. Check it off, casual Christian. Ooh, I like that song. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, how you doing today? Blessed and highly favored. What you look at? Oh, look at my house. Look at how pretty it is. Ooh, Jesus. Hmm. What you doing tomorrow? Nothing. What you doing for Jesus? Nothing. No storms are going to hit your house. You're never going to be affected by the enemy. Until you decide, until you decide, until I decide to do something. That's why Jesus says, hears these sayings of mine and practices them, does them. That's when you're going to be faced with a storm. You ought to get excited when the enemy's attacking you because then you know you're doing something for God. And that's when you can step into the promise of what God says, but no weapon that can hurt you has been forced. Any accuser who takes you to court will be dismissed as a liar. This is what God's servants can expect. Yeah, I'll see, this is what God says. I'll see to it that everything works out for the best. That's a good problem. Good place to say amen right there. If you're facing a storm from the enemy, second kind of storm is what I call storms caused by life. Sometimes you're just born in the wrong family. Come on, you come out and you're like, why in the world, Jesus, do I have them as my parents? I mean, just being honest. Don't, don't look at them right now if they're here with you today. But like, how am I connected to that brother and that sister? We don't even look alike. Did they mix me up at the hospital? I should have been with another family. Did I cuss in the womb? And maybe you put me in this situation, Jesus. Sometimes we go through storms that are caused by life. They're just life. We live in a sin-wrought world. You're going to go through stuff just because you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
You say, well, I don't understand. Why would God allow me to go through that? That just, just the way it happens sometimes. We won't find out till we get up to heaven. We won't understand until we get up to heaven. I read this story recently that cod fishers were experiencing a lot of success. And so they decided to ship their frozen cod around the world, around the country. But when the cod got to the places that it was shipped to, what would end up happening is, is they, they, they lost all of their flavor because they were frozen. So they decided to keep them alive in salt water. And they would ship them. But sadly, when the cod got to their particular places, they were soft and chewy and spongy. And so they came up with this idea. They said, why don't we put some saltwater catfish in the tank with the cod? So they dropped some catfish in there, which is a natural enemy of codfish. And so for the entire time that they were transported from the port of origin to where they were going, the catfish would chase those cod around the entire time. So when they arrived, they weren't spongy. They were active and they tasted like they were in the wild. Sometimes God will allow a little catfish in your tank to keep you full of flavor. Come on. I know some of you had got some text messages from a catfish today. Some of you trying to get out of the tank. God put a catfish in there just to keep you a little, little flavor. Make sure you don't get soft. And that's what happens. That's why I believe sometimes we go through storms of life. But here's the promise. The promise is no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have to face, have had to face. Here, listen, all you need to remember is that God will never let you down. And that's good, isn't it? He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. That's another good place to say amen right there. That's a good place to say amen. And then I love this promise too. Call upon me on the day of trouble and I will deliver you. Third reason that we have storms, storms caused by me. Self-inflicted, hello. Come on, don't be shouting me down because I'm telling the truth right now. Out of the three, let's be honest. Come on, we're in church. Remember, if you're not honest with God in church, he'll kill you. Let's be honest now. Storms caused by me, probably the number one reason why we go through storms. Self-inflicted. I don't care how sweet and nice and cute and spiritual you are, we make mistakes. Self-inflicted. God can't bless stupid. Don't point at anybody. That's just wrong. And just don't even do that. That's just mean. We all, we, we all self-inflict. And, and here, here's what I've learned, and, and I love what D.L. Moody says. He says, I've never met a man who has given me as much trouble as myself. Isn't that the truth? Sometimes we just got to look in the mirror. That's why we're dealing with the storm that we're in. And here's what I found. You know, I've been doing this for a little while. As people come to church and they expect God to fix in one service what they have spent a lifetime putting themselves into. And then they get mad at God. God, why don't you fix that for me? Come on. I came and I tithed today. Why isn't my car paid off by the time I get home? 
Why isn't my debt all paid off? Why am I all my problem? Because you spent the last 20 years not doing good with your money and you want God to bail you out of 20 years. Now he'll help you, but he can't bless stupid. He can't, he can't fix it. Now he can get us going in the right direction. And when we decide to adjust our foundation is when he can begin to do some things. So here's what storms do. Storms, we got to understand, reveal our foundation. It says the rains descended. Now, when Jesus talked about these rains, he's not talking about just normal rain, just a nice little sprinkle, you know, that your app tells you, hey, it's going to rain for a little while. No, he's talking about Florence Michael kind of rain. He's talking about hurricane kind of rain. He's talking about rain that reveals leaks. We found in this building, I know it's a beautiful building, you walk in, you think you're gonna be dry and everything, but we came in after all of the rain of Michael and realized we've got some leaks in our roof. Standing in the bathroom, leak, 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 leak. Standing in the middle of the lobby, leak, leak. We got buckets everywhere. You didn't even know this, but in the middle of the week, we got buckets everywhere because it's raining buckets. And see, what'll happen is rain exposes those areas that you aren't solid in. And so often storms, what they'll do is they'll reveal the areas of our foundation that need to be fixed. Winds came, beat and blew, blew and beat on the house. Beat, blew, I mean hard. Wind of a storm is meant to test your strength. How flexible are you? How able are you to deal with what you're going through right now and continue to remain upright? Or maybe you get knocked down. You know what you do? You get right back up again. Though a righteous man may fall seven times, you know what he does? He gets right back up again. We just keep getting back up. Bring it on, devil. Get right back up. Bring it on, devil. Get right back up. Just keep getting right back up because I want my foundation to be fixed, I want my foundation to be taken care of. So the questions we have to ask ourselves is, what am I building my marriage on? Now I'm not talking about what it looks like to everybody when I walk into church. I'm not talking about, yeah, we holding hands, but we about to beat each other up when we get in the car after church. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> we love each other. I'll kill her in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Raise her back from the dead in Jesus' name. <laughs> oh, Lord, come on. <laughs> Walking around like everything's good. And, and the foundation is all revealed because a storm has come. What am I building my family on? What, what am I building my business on? Looks successful on the outside, but one storm, boom, it's just taken out. It's not about what it looks like on the outside because they both looked exactly the same. Both houses looked exactly the same. You would have never known there was a problem until a storm came. Never known until the rains came, until the wind blew. The foundation is exposed. What am I building my kids on? What am I building my career on? What am I building my ministry on? You know, a lot of people can build their ministry not on the foundation of God. They build it on their own popularity. They build it on their own gift. Now, you want to build it on the truth, on the rock. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. See, you can't blame the rain for the fall because both of them got it. You can't blame the wind for the fall. Both of them hit, it hit both of them. You can't blame the storm because both of them hit it. 
One built on trends, the other built on truth. One built on what is eternal, the other built on what is popular. We've got to build on things that are eternal. Here's the, here's the great thing. This blew me away. Both heard the word. This isn't talking about people. one person is not saved and the other person is. This is talking about two believers. Two believers. Both of them. One of them. However, one of them put notes in his app. The other one put it into practice. One of them took notes. Ooh, I like taking notes, taking notes, taking notes. One of them took action. That was the difference between the two. Just because you hear it doesn't mean everything's going to change. That's what Jesus is saying. Our foundation comes when we do it. God didn't make the strong house strong and the weak house weak. It was all dependent upon what they built on. So here, here's, the, in a nutshell, when we build on the sand, we basically are saying, Jesus, my sand is better than your rock. That's what happens. That's what we do. See, we all believe something about what God has something to say about. We all believe something. We all believe something about that book that's on your lap, whether it's in your phone or it's a paper, whatever it is. We all believe something about it. That something is our foundation. That foundation is our belief system. And every one of us have a belief system. Every person in this room. What is your belief system? Your belief system is the invisible force behind your behavior. My behavior is dictated by a belief system, a foundation in which my life, my house is built upon. Now, how do I determine that belief system? What is it that controls that belief system? Well, let's look at what, how, how it's accumulated a belief system is the accumulation of beliefs that we have acquired through information, observation, exposure, and experience. My life, the results of my life, everything that I go through, my thoughts, my, my behavior, my emotions, all come from a belief system, a foundation. I'm building something. Every one of us are building something. Whether you like it or not, you're building your life. Every day you live, you're building. You're not tearing it down. You're building something. And when the storm comes, you find out what you are building on. That's, that's why the storms are there. Storms aren't bad because everybody has some. Everybody in this room is having a storm. And we just read just a couple minutes ago that we've all, there is no storm that's new on this planet. No storm. All of them are basically the same storm. I'm talking about life storms. Some, some of us, we go through Category 5. Well, you know, there's probably on your row right now four people that have been through a Category 5 hurricane in their life right now. Now, you might think in the middle of your storm, you're like, nobody's ever experienced anything like this before. I'm going through it all by myself. But that's not true. So how is this belief system developed? Or what is, what is the flow? Well, let me explain it to you. Our belief, our foundation, creates emotions. Those emotions, whether good or bad, based on my foundation, create thoughts. Those thoughts turn into behaviors. Those behaviors and thoughts turn into results, which feed right back, back in my, to, to, my, to my belief system. If we allow it, this is the cycle that can cause us to live our entire life. Your results feed your belief. 
or they let you know you need to change your belief. Now, a lot of people live their entire life letting their results dictate what they believe. Let me say that one more time. They allow what they observe, they allow the information, they allow their experience to determine their foundation as opposed to saying, God, how do you want to build my life? What do you want me to build my life on regardless of my results? Because we can easily look at our past history and develop our own belief system. Or we can dig down a little deeper and go, no, I don't want to do that. Let me explain to you what I'm talking about. Let's just say, for example, that I have failed in an area of my life. I failed in business. I failed in marriage. I've been divorced. Now, what can happen is, as a result of that, I can do two, one of two things. The first thing I can do is I can say, well, I guess since I failed, I'm a failure. I failed, I'm a failure. So as a result of that, my emotions... What I'm going through as a person, how I feel about life is I'm a failure. I never amount to anything. They told me when I was a kid, I'll never be anything. My mom said this, my dad said this, my teacher said this, my coach said this, or they didn't say this. And as a result of that, I'm insecure. My self-image is attacked. And so I have all these problems emotionally, which create this thought. I, 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 I failed. I guess I'm a failure. I feel like a failure. So guess what? Anytime I take an endeavor and do something, guess I'm going to fail. And you know what's going to happen when you do that? You fail. And then you fail again and you, or you can take second. I failed, but the Bible says I'm the head and not the tail. The Bible says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says I am the righteousness of God. And although this experience may have happened to me, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. So my emotions connect with the right foundation. And guess what happens? Over time, I start developing a whole different thought pattern. Now I'm a different person. I see life differently regardless of my results, regardless of my exposure, regardless of my experience. I'm founded on the rock. That's the kind of life that God wants us to live. That's how he wants us to be. Now, our belief system doesn't change when we're saved. Right? Just like if you were overweight when you were saved, and then you got saved, you can just wake up the next day and go, ooh, Jesus, I just lost 45 pounds. This Jesus thing works. No, it doesn't work like that. We can easily carry over unsaved foundations into our saved life. All you got to look at is the, is the Israelites. They left Egypt, left Egypt, slavery. You know what they talked about while they were in the wilderness? Man, I'd love to go back to Egypt. Man, remember that fish taco that I used to got back there? Man, that thing was awesome. Cucumber salad, a little balsamic on top. They made a mean salad in Egypt. Love to go back there. All they could do was talk about, see, God was trying to get them out of that. But that's often what we do. Our belief system doesn't change when we're saved. Our belief system changes when we decide to be taught. When I make a decision consciously to say, God, I want you to reframe my belief according to your word, not according to my experience, not according to what somebody says I should live, but according to what your Bible tells me my life is supposed to be 
around. This is how my foundation is supposed to be. This is how my life is supposed to be. This is how I'm supposed to live my entire life. See, in church, sadly, we tend to amen the things that align with our belief system. So I say something like, hey, you need to get rid of that toxic friend. Amen, hallelujah. I'm gonna delete him right now, pastor. Thank you for the word of the Lord. But then I say something like, hey, you need to forgive that person who hurt you in the past. The whole, whoa, 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 pastor. This whole forgiveness thing. I like the, I like the person. Uh, last week, awesome. Whole toxic thing, whoo-hoo, saved me a lot of heartache. But you want me, you want me to, to, to forgive them? You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they betrayed me. You don't know what they said to me on Facebook. <laughs> they even unfriended me. And you want me to forgive them? Can't do that yet. But see, the foundation of forgiveness allows emotions to change in our life. When we begin to build on a foundation of forgiveness, follow, follow the pattern here. When I say, God, you told me to forgive, so I am gonna release that person. Now I am free from the prison of what they did to me. And the more that I begin to confess that over my life, I forgive them, I forgive them, I forgive them, I forgive them, I release them. Then my thoughts and behaviors to anybody else that smells like they might do the same thing changes. Because often, often what we do, especially in relationships, if we're not taught, especially in relationships, whatever area we were hurt in before, we will carry over into the new relationship and do our best to control. So if I was betrayed in my last, follow me, my last relationship, then guess what I'm gonna be looking for in my next relationship? Loyalty. So I will give up other things for the sake of what I was hurt in my last relationship for in order to attain in my next relationship to my detriment. So you are loyal to me, so I'll let you manipulate me and control me because you're loyal and I don't want you to betray me. And God's saying, no, 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 no. That's not how we do it. And so we can't bring that into our saved life. We've gotta say, God, teach me. So ultimately, Ultimately, storms teach us surrender. What is surrender? Let me give you a quick definition. Surrender is teaching me how to be happy when I don't get my way. I'm not getting my way right now, God. I want my way. And our humanity wants our way. We want our independence. That's why Adam and Eve stepped out and ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is because they wanted their independence. And storms teach us to surrender. Now, I'm almost done. I, I wanna confess something to you. Now, this is before Christ days. Okay, BC. Your pastor has been in some situations. We won't name them, give you dates, 
will give you what occurred in that certain situation. But the police showed up. <laughs> in the undated, unnamed scenario. And I was told by that person to do certain things, which I did very freely because of the weapon that was pointed at me. Knock on BC. Don't be qu quoting that your pastor got arrested recently. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> this was before. And I'm not bragging about this. But let me tell you, when somebody tells you to freeze and put your hands up and they're pointing a weapon at you, you know what you do? I surrender. I surrender. It's just the, it's the natural form. It's like the natural response. If you don't do that, you're crazy. I don't care how big you are, how tough you are, how big your muscles are. It just doesn't make any So that's what I did. Here's the great thing about God. He'll never point anything at you. He'll never force you. All he simply says is my way's better. See, when we understand that storms teach us to surrender, verses like Jesus saying, come to me, all those that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is light. My yoke is easy. Let me give you the Maxwell version of that. Sweetheart, buddy, it's hard, isn't it? It's tough doing this all by yourself. I'm standing right here. I'm available for you. Here's the Maxwell version. Why don't you put down that heavy load? You were never meant to carry that. And you've been carrying it for way too long. Just give it to me. And I'm going to exchange your pain for my freedom. I'm going to exchange your guilt for a new self-esteem. I'm going to exchange your hurt for a brand new heaven. Come and walk with me. Not only will I take what you're trying to carry, but I'll pick you up when you need to be picked up. And I'll carry you. I don't know about you when Jesus says that. Stand up on your feet. I don't know what you've been carrying. It's way too heavy. The weight of a past broken marriage, the weight of that business, the weight of those kids, the weight of a broken relationship, the weight of bankruptcy. I just feel like Jesus is in this place right now. He's here to say, hey, give it to me. I'm, I'm right here. Give it to me. Maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to him. So maybe it's time. Maybe you're here in this room today and at some point in your life, you 
You surrendered, but you took it back. Listen, you wouldn't even be in this room if it wasn't for the grace of God. See, when you become wise, a wise man built his house on the rock. Today, you can exchange your sand for God's rock. You can make that exchange. And here's how I'd like to do it today. If you are serious about surrendering, maybe you need to surrender that addiction, that problem, that pain, that hurt, that heartache. Surrender your marriage, whatever that may be. I'm gonna count to three. When I get to three, I just want you to get out of your seat and come down to this altar because I wanna pray for you specifically today. I wanna pray for you. We're gonna sing this song, I Surrender, as just a, a prayer for our life. So if you say, I need to surrender my life, if you're watching online, there's some people there that would love to talk to you and chat with you about what you need to surrender. Just right now, just get out of your seat and come. Ready, one, two, three. Just get out and come right now. I wanna pray for you. I wanna surrender my life. I wanna surrender my addiction. I wanna surrender my marriage. I wanna surrender my business. And as you come, come on, just lift your hands up to heaven. And just let the Holy Spirit come and change you. Let him come and, and touch your life. There's some men in here. You need to surrender that porn addiction that you have at night. You need to surrender that. There's some, there's some men in here. You need to surrender that independent spirit that you have. Surrender that pride. We all have it. Surrender. Just come and push as close as you can. Lift your hands up. Begin to sing this song. joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe. And hey, if you want to find out more about our church or how you can be a part, go to freedomhouse.cc.